0: You're listening to Backroom Beauty Talks, a real, raw, and unedited podcast for hairstylists. Here, we dive deep into topics that go far beyond the chair. I'm your host, Misty Jane, and I'm a money coach for stylists who want more out of their lives. I help you enhance your mindset around money, get out of debt, and create a life of peace. I'm on a mission to normalize the wealthy stylist while creating a safe space to be perfectly imperfect. Want to join me? You're in the right place. Hello friends, welcome back to Backroom Beauty Talks. Today I am talking with my friend Jodi Brown. This is such an awesome conversation because I think that a lot of times stylists or just anyone in general, they get very nervous to hire somebody, especially like independent stylists, right? Um, I know for me, I was super nervous to hire someone to do my website, I was super nervous to hire someone to help me with social media, like all of the things. Um, so Jody is actually somebody who helps me me do the Backroom Beauty Talks Instagram, and I hired her recently, a couple, I guess a couple months ago now, and um, I have absolutely loved the process, and I asked her to come on and basically help others understand the process of hiring someone to do the shit that you really don't want to do. So that is pretty much what this conversation is about, and I think that you will very much enjoy it. Before we get into it, I wanted to remind you that my... Free webinar registration is this week. I put the link in the show notes and it is also in the link in my bio on Instagram. But it is time, if you are ready, for three simple steps to get your financial shit together. We are going to go over how to assess your current situation. We are going to talk about shifting your mindset and how to um, spend intentionally and stop spending emotionally. We are also going to talk about ways to create a plan to get to where you want to go in your financial journey. So if you wanna be a part of it, Again, it is going to be on October 25th, but today, October 18th, 2021, registration is officially open for this free webinar. It will be interactive, a QA, and a all of the things. Um, So please join me. If you can't join me and you still would love to get this information, go ahead and register. Um, There will be a replay, don't worry. I'm not gonna leave you hanging like that. But of course, I absolutely would love for you to come and hang out with me live. Anyway, back to the episode. Here you go, guys. This is Jody Brown. Hi, Jodi. How you doing? Hi, Misty. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. Welcome back. To Thank back you. Beauty Talks. <laughs> I'm excited <laughs> to be here. Every time I say it, I'm like, I say it in the intro. Should I say it again when I talk? I feel like I'm just constantly like, backroom beauty talks. (laughs) In case you forgot where you are. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So before we begin, because I'm very excited about this episode, we're going to talk about something a little different this time. Um, Tell the people listening who you are and what you do.
1: So my name is Jodi Brown, and I am a branding and marketing strategist for hairstylists and something that people... Don't know is that I also am a social media marketing. Um, I do social media marketing for stylists and for other coaches and educators and all the things. So, yeah, that is kind of a little bit about my my business on the internet machine. We were on just the talking machine. prior to this talking about how old we are. We <laughs> talk <laughs> on the internet.
0: <laughs> so I wanted you to come on today because I want. Um, I think that a lot of times stylists. Or, or coaches, really anyone in the hair industry, like we're creatives, right? Like we don't necessarily love the marketing aspect, which is funny mm-hmm. because literally that is like what we do, but it's yeah. different in an online space than it is in the salon. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to have you on because I wanted to talk about hiring someone to help you with social media and the hard shit that we don't really, not everyone loves to do.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's interesting because I think that a lot of it is people don't realize that they can outsource it. And, um, you know, like for me, the thing that I hate is bookkeeping. So that's always what I liken it to because I obviously can't relate to not enjoying marketing because it's (laughs) my entire world. But, you know, I think that it's it's just like anything. If you can outsource the things that you don't bring you joy and, you know, maybe you're not ultra great at, then you can focus more on the things that you
0: are good at and the things that you want to do more of. So. Absolutely. Um, so for anyone listening, I recently hired Jody. If you have started following Backroom Beauty Talks on Instagram, um, I have hired her to help me do the social media aspect because one, I really don't like playing in Canva. (laughs) It's not my favorite thing to do. Um, And I think sometimes just coming up with the cap, really all the things, you know, it's like just added to the plate. Like I never wanted more than one Instagram. um, But as the podcast grows and as the coaching grows, I found that it's a little important to separate the two. Anyway, moral of the story is I reached out to Jodi and hired her to help me. And I thought about it and I was like, why don't more stylists do this or Mm -hmm. coaches anyone? You know, we always think that we have to do it all ourselves or we, if we have the time, we have to do it. But I don't know about you guys listening. Like if I don't want to do something, I will procrastinate the Mm -hmm. shit out of it. Um, (laughs) I wanted to talk and just let's bring to light what it means to hire someone to help with, with this, with social media. Like, what do you find is the biggest um, thing that holds stylists back from hiring? Do you think it's the fact that they don't even know it's a thing? I think that is definitely part of it.
1: I think that's probably, probably the biggest thing because people don't necessarily realize that it's an option. I also think that, you know, sometimes the when we think, when we see like digital marketing agencies or anything like that, like a lot of the bro marketing stuff tends to be what we see from advertising agencies and marketing agencies. So I think that, um, one of the fears is probably also losing authenticity and, you know, not being able to bring across what it is that you actually want to represent. Whereas honestly, I think sometimes having a fresh set of eyes on it can help you hone in even more, On, you know, who you are, what you do, who you serve, all the things. So whether you have a, you know, whether you decide to outsource it, whether you decide to, you know, hire someone to consult with you on it, there's so many different ways to approach outsourcing. Um, and you know, there's ways that you could, you could have someone just create a certain type of content for you You can have someone just write your copy. You can have someone, you know, help you come up with your strategy. There's a million different ways. And if you're feeling like, you know, I've done the education and I kind of understand it and I just don't, I still don't want to do it. That's totally, totally. Okay. Because there are people that you can hire to do it for you. Um, and I think it's just finding the right people. Or if you just don't want to learn, if you're like, this is something else that's on my plate, and I just, I'd just i rather just outsource it, that's absolutely possible. And I think that people just don't realize it's an option, honestly.
0: Yeah, I think for me, the authenticity aspect was always what held me back. Because I have friends that, that do it. Um, and for me, I was like, no, 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 like I want to be the one that writes the things and blah, blah, blah. Um, but now, I mean, it's been, I've been working with you now for two weeks and I will tell you what, Now, granted it's a podcast. So you get to hear my voice and, you know, um, but I have, I get to approve things that you write. And if it doesn't feel like me, I add a word or two, or I change Mm -hmm. a sentence, you know, whatever, which honestly, I think I've only had to add like one word on one post or something. (laughs) Um, and, uh, but it's still me engaging, you know, mm-hmm. you just make the posts and write the thing. And I'm still the one answering DMs and engaging on the thing, which it is an option to have someone else do that. Just FYI. But yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I actually have someone I have, um, so I have with a variety of different clients and some don't want to even really have to open their social media. So, um, I have a team member who does like client communications and all that kind of stuff. So she will do like, I still answer my own DMS on my account because, um, a huge part of what I do is building relationships and all of that kind of stuff. And I do have that education and coaching side to my business, which is, which is predominantly what I use my, my social media for all of my, um, social media management clients have come from referrals. So, but I do have clients who are like, for instance, they have a business, they are stylists or spawners or whatever. And they know that having a social media presence is important, but they do not want to, really touch it right so you know my team member will go in and she will respond to comments all the things and then if they get a DM she will respond to it and say hey if you're looking to book an appointment like this is where you can go or you know I can forward your information any of those things so it's honestly just you know you can have you can have as little or as much involvement as you want. Sometimes the process is a lot more collaborative and some people just want to hand it off and not have to worry about it. And there's no right way to have someone take over your social. Like you can, you know, it can be very minimal or it can be absolutely complete and there's no right way. Cause if you think about it, big businesses have giant teams. A lot of salons have big teams. So, you know, it's, I think it's getting out of that mindset that you have to do everything yourself because you just don't.
0: Right, you don't, and it doesn't have to be scary, no. you know. I mean, like I said, even with with this, I was nervous I would lose my authenticity, especially with the podcast. Like for sure, the one thing about the podcast is I like to be as like open as possible. Yeah. Um, but again, it has opened up more time to be able to engage more with people for me. So yeah. now I don't have to sit down and you know create things in Canva that are pretty that catch people's eye. You know, I don't have to think about what I'm gonna say all you know all of the things, I get to actually engage with people more because yeah. it's opened up more time for me to actually be authentic in that in that aspect. And I think the captions were the hardest part before I started working with you in my head. Um, but again, you know, when you when you can hear, when you can see how somebody interacts naturally, like I so I worked with a copywriter um, a couple months ago Uh, for one of the pages on my website. And what's great about working with somebody who writes this copy, if you're listening, this is something I just learned this year, copy would be like the words. So when you hear us say like, write the copy, that's like the words that are, you know, on your caption or emails, whatever. Um, But uh, so I was working with her and what's great is I just talk and then she takes my words and puts it in a pretty like better marketing package, essentially. Mm-hmm. So like, she'll take what I'm saying and maybe just rearrange it in a different way or, you know, make it a question, or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, and that's cool because it still feels like you. So like, if you go to my website, it's still me. It's 100%. just, I had somebody help me present it in in the proper way. Well, and
1: it's the same. I mean, the thing is, when you think about the purpose of marketing, right? Like, what is the whole point of this, right? It's to bring people into your world. It's to, you know, it's not about misrepresenting anything. It's all about giving, showcasing, showcasing and spotlighting what it is that you do and what you have to offer, and bringing people into your world. The people that can benefit from whatever it is that you do. So whether that is doing hair, whether that is offering education any of those things. So the end goal of all of it is that they get to you, right? So they're going to meet you or talk to you or whatever it is eventually. So misrepresenting yourself and coming across as someone that you're not is is just going to be confusing and it's not going to build trust. So I think that's really vital whenever you are looking for someone to, you know, handle your social media Whether, you know, whether this person works specifically with stylists, I think that's really important too, because we understand the beauty industry. So when you're looking for someone like make sure you're looking for someone who is going to really, really hone in on your brand voice, someone who is going to help you, you know, kind of get through that, get out of your own head and come across authentically. I think that is one of the most crucial things. And it's interesting because a lot of how I've gotten the clients I've worked with is um, actually one of them. It was a client that I was working with um, who had messaged me initially to be like, hey, do you know anyone that does social media management? Because I know you're in that world. And I was like, well, depending on what it is, like I might be able to help you. We started talking about it. And then her friend messaged her a month later and was like, I'm obsessed with your Instagram. Like you have been killing it with your captions. Like what course did you take? What did you do? What is like, you know, what's going on? And this is like a close personal friend not like a work friend, like someone that has a relationship. And my client was like, oh, actually I've I've hired it out. And she's like, what? Like I never would have thought. And this is like one of her close friends had no idea that it wasn't her writing these captions. That is how, you know, that someone is doing a good job of capturing a brand voice. And it is something I think out of everything, like, yes, the aesthetics are super important. Yes. It's important to be visually branded, but I think when it comes to outsourcing that brand voice is absolutely crucial.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, again, it comes down to authenticity, right? Like you know, you want people to trust you, whether yep. you're a stylist that wants somebody to come into the salon or whether you're a coach that wants somebody to work, regardless, there's that human to human aspect. Yep. So if I'm looking to hire someone to do my social media and I'm looking at their page and I'm like, I just don't resonate with them, but they do social media. That's not going to be a good fit Yep. because they're not going to be able, like if I don't resonate with that, their style in general, mm-hmm. like they're probably going to somewhat reflect their style a little bit on to my stuff, correct? Like, or is that kind of the wrong... Well, yes and no. Like I think
1: if, if it's someone who's like very like on their personal page, if you don't resound with them at all, then probably it's going to be difficult for you guys to work together just to begin with. Right. Because good marketing, not only, and this is actually something I shared for my friend, Jen, um, who hosts the independent stylist podcast. She posted something the other day that said, good marketing is just as much about repelling the wrong people as it is attracting the right people. And like, Amen. That's huge. So if you come across like a copywriter or a social media manager, and you're like, "Uh, like this doesn't result with me at all. Probably not going to be a good fit on a you level right on working together. But I do think good people who are good at copywriting and good at channeling brand voices can to an extent almost be chameleons when it comes to copywriting. Right. So they should be able to Capture your brand voice, but I still think it's important that you connect on some level, right? Well, because you have to work with them, exactly. exactly. <laughs> <Like you're... laughs> yeah, you yeah, are, you are their client, to right? them Yeah, and like, yeah. <laughs> totally. So if you're like, you know, if you or I couldn't communicate with each other because we're on such different wavelengths, whether or not I could capture your brand voice, it probably still wouldn't be a great working relationship, right? So, exactly. So yeah, I think that's that's definitely an important factor.
0: What do you think stylists, like maybe somebody's listening and they're like, oh my God, I would love to do that, but I just, I just can't afford it. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about what it actually costs. And I'm not talking about the, the, the price point I'm talking about, what is it costing you that you're doing something you don't love? Mm -hmm. And for what reason? Well, yeah. And I think it's
1: also like time, right? Because we have to be so intentional with our schedules, like nowadays, about, you know, because there are other aspects to the job. So I think it's also about, like, you know, if you're a stylist who just loves doing hair, maybe you take an extra client and that because you've completely taken that off your plate now, right? Maybe, and this is my favorite part. By honing in on your brand and creating something and being able to communicate your guest experience, you are now able to command higher prices because you have a captivating personal brand that is really, really helping speak to the right people that you want in your chair, right? So there's many different ways to look at it, but I mean it's it's the same as hiring out anything right like some people you know whether it goes to hiring an assistant yeah you probably can't afford to hire an assistant until you do <laughs> they, they're allowing you to make way more money it's kind of the same thing right if you're if you're hiring out someone to your marketing it should enable you to make more money in other parts of your business, whether it's, you know, bringing on new clients or being able to open up a couple hours of your schedule. Because if you hate social media marketing, chances are it's probably taking you a really long time because anything that we don't love tends to, you know, be, it's something we procrastinate on. It's something that we don't, you know, enjoy doing. So it doesn't feel, it feels hard and heavy and like you know, just not good. Drainy, so right? yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's like, what other parts of
0: your life are you losing out on? Right. Right. Well, it's costing so, you your time with your family. I mean, cause yeah. you can't be doing it when you're behind the chair. No, exactly. Yeah. So right? it's costing you your personal time. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. And it's one of those things that's
1: like, what's it worth to you? Like, I think it's, I think we can all agree being, having a presence on social media is important in our industry. It just is right. Like, I, I think it's kind of past the point where we can deny that it just doesn't matter anymore because it, it does matter. Um, even when people are referring clients, like a lot of the time it's like when someone refers me to like a new lash girl, it's like, Oh, Hey, check out her Instagram. Yep. It's yeah. not like, here's her number anymore. It's like, Oh, here's her Instagram or here's her website or whatever. Right. So how you show up online matters. And you know, if you're in a place in your business where you're like, there's not a lot of flow. Cause obviously if you're thinking like, Oh yes, I do want to offload this or whatever. Um, I think the first step is, is learning your brand, right? Like, and learning all of these things and knowing your ideal client and all that kind of stuff. But sometimes after you learn all that, it's like, I still don't want to actually do it. I don't want to create the content. I don't want to do it. And then in that case, it's like, okay, well, is it worth taking one extra balayage client? Is it worth doing, you know, a couple extra hours in the salon if it's going to free up 10 hours a month, right? Or 10 hours a week in some cases. I think it's just weighing up what it actually looks like for you.
0: Well, and a lot of times if the marketing is on point and those ideal clients are coming in, like, there you go, you get your price raised and that's probably going to pay for itself.
1: Absolutely. Like, I mean, I know for myself, like for anyone who doesn't know my personal story. I came back after maternity leave. So I worked in sales for 18 months um, at, at a distributor in the hair industry right before I had my son. And so then when I had my son, I was home with him for 18 months. So I'd been out of the, I'd been out from behind the chair for a long time. And then I started at a brand new salon. So the salon had literally just been built in a new area. So there was no like you know, no like walk-in traffic or any of those traditional things. And I hadn't done hair in the city that I was in for seven years. Mm -hmm. So I had no clients, like like none. I was starting from 100% zero. Within like 14 months, I was able to, no, 18 months, I was able to completely rebuild a clientele and go independent and be completely self-employed at another, I'd moved to a different salon. And I was making as much money as I had ever made. And I built my clientele using Instagram. So it is something that is not like, It's not like you can't do it, right? It will make a huge difference. So whether you're struggling with Instagram and you just want more dream clients, whether you want to pivot, like one of my coaching clients, she doubled, she sent me a message. She's like, last year I made 42,000. This year I'm making 84,000.
0: Yes. And
1: only doing curl clients because that's all she wanted to do. And she was able to completely pivot and double her income. And a lot of it, is using Instagram to attract those ideal clients. So, you know, the opportunity is limitless. And it, so for me, I'm almost like when people are like, Oh, I hate Instagram. I hate Instagram. I'm like, do you though? Cause hell I wish I would have had the opportunity to build the kind of business. When I had first started, I would be making like 300,000 a year by the time I was 25, if we had the kind of opportunity. If you know, when you have that drive when you're really, really young and the opportunity that Instagram gives us, like it's massive. And so, whether you pay someone to do it for you or not, it is still going to be the cheapest form of advertising that has. Ever been available to hairstylists, so that's kind of like my soapbox on why Instagram is so important, what it can do, and you know why it's worth looking into it. So if you really don't enjoy it, then outsource it because it's still going to be a much more cost-effective method of advertising than almost anything else.
0: Right, it's so true. What is it? D- delete, delegate, or what's the? There's like a third
1: oh yes. Okay. It's like, do it, delete it or delegate it. Yes. yes. Yeah. That's
0: it's it. so true. And, and it's so funny. So I remember when I was still behind the chair full time um, mm-hmm. and I had did my own website on mm-hmm. like Wix and it was like, took me forever and it was fine. I mean, it was fine. It wasn't anything fancy, but it got the job done. And then I remember going, okay, I want to hire someone to do branding, right? Like I had made my own like logo on like found something on Etsy or, you know, something like yeah. that. Like I did that whole number, like DIY'd everything. And I was a busy stylist. It was spot, mm-hmm. like it, you know, it wasn't, It I don't know. But I had people that I like didn't, I was kind of ready to pivot and only do the things that I loved. Yeah. So I decided, you know what? I'm going to reach out to somebody and I'm going to have them do like a full branding thing, mm-hmm. website and everything. And I heard the price and I was like, whoo, Okay. <laughs> and granted, you know, not everything. This was yeah. like a full situation. Yeah. And sure. I'd never spent money on this in my life. I'd never delegated anything. I was in a suite. I did mm-hmm. everything myself. Like I've never hired an employee, like yeah. nothing. So like for me, I was like, Oh, okay. Like, you know, scary to start. Yeah. Terrifying. So I did the whole thing, had this beautiful website. I cannot tell you Every single consultation client that mm-hmm. walked into my suite was fucking perfect. That's amazing. It was perfect. Yeah. I mean, I made that, I get the chills just thinking about it. I couldn't believe it. It was just because of of that, what like my website spoke directly to that person that mm-hmm. I wanted. It sounded just like me. Like, and it, it was perfect. Cause I think we have this idea. I know for me, and especially when Instagram first became like a business tool, Mm -hmm. I thought that I had to speak a certain way.
1: Oh, yes. I think so many people feel this way. A hundred percent.
0: like I thought that I had to be this like super hair professional, blah, 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 you know, whatever, which I was, but I was Misty, you -hmm. know? And so it wasn't until I did that, that I realized like, oh, I can just be myself a hundred percent online on my website, like, I just straight up like, Hey, like, if you don't, if you need to come on a weekends, don't come to me. Like that was on yep. my website. Like yep. <laughs> the way I would say it to anyone. Yeah. And it, I could not believe that it literally attracted dream clients yep. and that money. I thought about that money for two hours before I spent it. Never fucking thought about it again, because it was a hundred percent worth every penny. And I probably would have paid double for the same thing. Yeah, for sure. It's so important the way that you show
1: up online, like, and I love that because I think there's like three really important things for stylists. I think website for sure, social media, and email. Like, I think those are the three. It's almost like the marketing trifecta, right? And once you dial in, and what you basically described, like with the branding and the the copy, even though at the time you probably didn't realize that it was copywriting, but it's like resounding with your ideal clients, right? And that's what. That's what your social should do. That's what your website should do. Like, this is the foundation of a really thriving business. And I think, like, you know, there's more talented stylists than ever before. Like, we've talked about this before. I think that, you know, there's so much access to this amazing education and like people are just more skilled. And that's freaking awesome because it's elevating our industry and it is making it so. So amazing. It's such a great time to be a stylist, but it's so much more important than it ever has been to set yourself apart. Cause people aren't just like looking for like good at hair, check, like people are looking for someone that they connect with, that they, you know, is offering exactly what they're looking for and can be their person. And that is what good branding is about. And all that marketing is, is communicating that, right? So whether you're email marketing, whether you're Instagram marketing on your website, It's so, so vital. And I think that you just hit the nail on the head with what actually changes in your business once you start doing that. And I had the same experience too. When I first started, I was bootstrapping it on Instagram and I didn't even have a website at the time. My website came a little bit after, which websites are very important. Don't get me wrong. They're crucial in fact now. But, um, so I thought that when I first started, it was like, I'll oh, just really great hair photos. And I was like, it was working. Cause it, like Instagram had kind of just become a thing, but it wasn't like, I wasn't getting like the best clients. I was just getting clients. Right. And then as soon as I was like, you know what, I'm going to start talking more like me. And like, you know, I'd taken a couple of classes on Instagram and I started Pushing outside my comfort zone to incorporate more of myself. And holy shit, the change was crazy. And like, I didn't work evenings, I didn't work weekends. Like, I, like you said, it was very much because I just had my son and I was like, okay, I want to do things differently now. Like, I don't want to have the career that I had before where I was working all weekends, all evenings. Like, I wanted a different career and I knew that I had to find a way to make that happen. And Instagram was the way that I made that happen. So, you know. I think that just showing up as you are, incorporating more of yourself, and those are all possible whether you're doing it
0: yourself or outsourcing. You know what's fascinating to me? I was just having this conversation with a friend of mine this week, as a matter of fact, but it's fascinating to me that like most people, Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm going to speak for myself, but I think most people... Have this like limiting belief about themselves that like they need to be different so people will accept them, get clients, have make friends, people aren't going to like me, whatever, whatever, whatever the reason. Mm -hmm. Um, 100% one of my limiting beliefs. Um, a big one a couple years ago, but I'm working through it. Um, (laughs) um, but when you start showing up as 100% yourself, Mm -hmm. the people show up for you. Yep. And it's like, we fight so hard for people to like us and no one's going to like us. And so let me just like, you know, uh, dim this part of myself. Yeah, And and the people aren't showing up. So it's like, we're, we fight so hard for something that we just need to let the fuck go of. Yeah. Because once you are yourself, the people you like show up, like, well, who are we trying to impress? A bunch of people that we don't want anyway. Exactly. And I think <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, I know this is the case for a couple people I've talked to, but like, you know, those of us who are like very entrepreneurial minded and like, you know, wanting the best for ourselves and the best for our lives and all of these things. A lot of the time, and I don't know if you ever felt this before, but I spent a lot of my life thinking that I didn't fit in or there was like, you know, something wrong with me because I didn't want to do things the way that everyone else did. I wasn't content to just, you know, be. I wasn't content a lot of the time. And I think that that's, and you know, like when you're in someone else's dream and you're doing things for other people, you start to think like, is, is it, is there something wrong with me? And so I think that that's where that limiting belief of having to dim yourself because you're trying to fit in but what you realize once you start working through this is like, you're trying to fit in with the wrong people. Like you don't need to be, because you just happen to be in that situation. Those people weren't called to you. Right. So once you start being with people who light you up and you start creating these relationships, um, whether it's with clients or peers or whatever it is, I think that's, that's the beginning of the foundation of you learning that you there's nothing wrong with you. You just weren't in the right place or you just weren't with the right people. So, I mean, that's the thing that I think a lot of us have in common that have felt like we didn't fit in is it's because you have big ideas and big dreams and all the things. And so you almost you almost teach yourself that you need to dim that. And then as soon as you let go of that shit, like the world starts to change for you.
0: Well, I feel like you dim, you start to dim yourself because you're surrounded by people who are dimming themselves. Yes, Oh my God.
1: Yes. A hundred percent. And you let other people's like, you know, comfort zones project onto you essentially.
0: Yeah. And
1: you know, it's, it doesn't always come from a bad place maybe because people operate from what they believe is possible, right? Like people, you know, if they've had a certain experience or if they've had, you know, a certain truth in their lives, they'll protect, project that onto you. And it's not always from a bad place.
0: Sometimes, it's usually not No, it's like their own internal fears.
1: Yeah. And try to protect you or whatever that looks like. But, you know, it's at some point you just have to start digging a little deeper, I think, mm-hmm. and just living for, for you and what you actually want to make happen.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I know when I stopped doing hair for 10 months, um, that's what I got from a lot of people. Like, well, what are you going to do? Well, no, there was this fear behind it because it's something they would never do. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's hard because then you start questioning yourself because mm-hmm. they're questioning you, which really it has nothing to do with them. But
1: <laughs> I remember hearing a lot when I first stepped away, I know this is, <laughs> we're going off topic, but I think this is, hey, you know, too. this is how it
0: works. Uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> but um, a lot of what I got when I first, uh, you know, cause I, we talked about this last time, but when the pandemic hit in March of 2020, I stepped away from my business. I, you know, let all my clients know I was sorry. I wasn't going to be going back to doing hair. And I 100% pivoted into the online world and supporting other stylists. And so much of what I heard was like, well, you always have hair to fall back on. Like, you know, like so many people and they thought that this was nice. And I was kind of like, you know, just at this point i'd already started doing some work on myself and i was like yeah like okay whatever um and i was like i realized after that I'm like this is making my mom feel better that <laughs> she could like you know she's like you're not going to be destitute cuz i moved into an industry that she's like i didn't i didn't even know that existed like i didn't realize that that was a thing and you know still explaining to my family members like what i do for a living they're like oh that's so cool like <laughs> But they don't get it.
0: It's <laughs> insane. It so, Nobody in my life gets it. They are so confused. So wait a minute. You help hairstylists yes. with their money. So yes. when they're like, you help like, oh, cool. Like you help them like organize their business. I'm like, well, no, it's actually in their personal lives. You're like, yes. huh? <laughs> I was paying pay about- you for this. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, I, I knew.
1: To the, the other day, and she's like, "Well, what do they get? Like, what do they get when they get? You know, like." The, and I was like, "Well, you know, like this is what they get." And I kind of explained it, and she's like, "But like, like what does that do?" And I was, and so it's like, you know, explaining brand awareness and stuff like that is really like, where do we even start, right? So right. it's interesting because we get so deep into these like circles that we we sometimes forget. I think how. I don't know if this is the case for you, but I sometimes forget that not everyone knows the stuff that I know. Yes. And so it's like hard to explain it, but so in one way, it's funny when you explain it to people who don't get it, but in another way, it's almost, um, it almost gives you a little bit of a boost because you're like, sometimes we take for granted what we know. Like, you know, when it comes to marketing and stuff, I, I sometimes can be guilty of just assuming everyone knows Everything about marketing. And then when you start talking to people and you're like, okay, no, like this, you know, you kind of got to go back a couple steps and start explaining it. And I think that's why it's so hard for people to understand what it is that you do when you work in the coaching and education field, because, you know, that it's, you have to understand like the base of it to get the rest of it, I think. Right. It's so true.
0: You know, I tell that to um, a lot of my one-on-one clients when we talk about showing up on social media, because I'm not no expert, but I know a little tiny bit. Um, And I talk about like the things that you don't think about, like how you hold your blow dryer when you're blowing out your client's hair, like post about that because your client is pointing their blow dryer up their hair shaft and wondering why it doesn't look as smooth as when you do it. Like use this consciously do it because it's, Mm -hmm. it's the foundation of what you know, but you have to remember that these, you know, these clients, they don't know that. Like, and it's this, yeah, it's the same thing. And it's funny too, because even outside of family, okay. Mm -hmm. Even talking to some hairstylists, like I'm surrounded by hairstylists who educate, Mm -hmm. want to be better, go to expensive retreats and classes because that's where I hang out. Right. When I am around stylists who have no idea who <clears throat> these educators are, have never heard of these things. Don't even understand why you would be on social media. It's a harder conversation. True. Yeah. That's and true. And we forget that they still exist. And I challenge people, cause I was talking to a stylist the other day that was like, well, there's not that many of them. And I was like, no, disagree. Mm-hmm. I would say 75% of stylists are in, in that kind of old school, like mentality still, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's, I think just when you surround yourself with people like other coaches, other educators, you know, whatever people, not even, even if you're just a stylist and I say just a stylist loosely, you know, I don't mean it like that. Um, but who's going to education, like it's still a complete, it's just different. It's different. (laughs)
1: It is. And it's funny actually, because my mom is still a hairstylist. So she is still working behind the chair, like only a few, she lives in Mexico for half the year. So when she comes back, she still does hair. And I was like, and just, it's interesting because like when I, I was at her house, um, I had surgery last year. I was there for a long time. And I was like, mom, you spend so much of your time texting back and forth and ads her your phone and all the stuff. I'm like, why don't you automate this? Like, it's literally like watching you do this and waste all this time is literally making me crazy. And I was like, I'll even set it up for you. I'll do everything. And she's just like, nope, like
0: not interested. And I'm it's, like, the fear, it's the fear <laughs> of the unknown. I'm hundred yeah. percent guilty. I didn't even go to online booking until I went back behind the chair this year.
1: Yeah, a lot of stylists. That's a huge one, actually, and that's the thing, right? It's like we talk about, um, you know, it's awareness and things like that. And I think so. It kind of ties back. It's the awareness that there is a way that's different, but there's still a lot of stylists who won't do online booking, right? Yeah, and it's and it. I I always challenge like all of my coaching clients. I'm like, listen, this is your business. You make the choices. However, here's like, I. I just don't believe that there is a valid reason for not online booking.
0: <laughs> so my, my, my reasoning before was to, I didn't want to give up the control.
1: Control. 100%. But what
0: I realized now, cause now it's great. I was a little nervous when it first started excited, completely yeah. open book. Yeah. And it's like, Hey book. And I was scared they were going to be put in like random. stuff. Yes. But totally. this is, this is what people don't understand is like somebody, especially with use square. Mm -hmm. So you can request, right? You request the appointment. And I tell all my clients, I said, when you request an appointment, it's not set until you get another email saying it's confirmed. And if it's not gonna work, I will text you Mm -hmm. with like, can you come in 30 minutes earlier or an hour later or whatever? And like it is what it is, and it's so simple. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I don't know why I never did it before. I like my my phone never goes off. No. And that's the thing it's
1: like and people it's it's the control which again goes back to the fear right and a lot of people are like what if they book the wrong things what if that and i'm like okay well i challenge you to look at it this way then if you're worried that your clients won't know how to book an appointment your menu is too complicated and you yes. need to change that like that is a you thing right if you're worried that your clients going to you know book a little bit too much time then you know what that's on you to tighten things up or you know what then you spend that 45 extra minutes Planning your social media, doing all these things, right? It's still going to save you, even if you do have the occasional 30 minute gap, right? You're saving way more than 30 minutes, not having to go back and forth all the time. So it's again that fear, right? And I think the fear is the same thing that holds people back from actually learning how to use social media properly. It's the fear that holds people back from outsourcing. It's the fear that holds people back from automating. And that fear, is costing you so much time, and so money, peace, so much money. Like it's, it, it's just, you, you got to let go of it. And if, you know, I'm not saying it's easy and it requires a lot of work. And you and I both know that self-work isn't easy, right? No, it's not. But it's like,
0: it just makes your life so much better. <laughs> well, it's like with anything, it's not easy at the beginning. You know, it's in anything you do, anything, literally yeah. I cannot think of one thing that this does not apply to. Mm-hmm. It starts with finding awareness around whatever the thing is. So you're scared yeah. of of um, um, using online booking. Okay, why are you scared of that? Yeah. You know, okay, because you don't wanna let go of control. Okay, mm-hmm. like, so it starts with that. And then it's like, okay, well, what would it look like if you weren't scared of that? Yeah. You know, so it's like this self-reflection aspect, you know, and it Mm -hmm. literally applies to fucking everything. Like hiring, you know, well, why don't you want to hire somebody? Well, you don't, you feel inauthentic. You don't want to spend the money. Okay. Well, what if you didn't feel that way? And what if it did work out? And Mm -hmm. what if, you, the money isn't even a factor. And now you have an hour on a Monday to go talk and get your eyelashes done or something. I don't exactly. know. <laughs> <You> know? <laughs>
1: exactly. And it's like, and I think it, it makes people dig deeper. Right. Because it's like, okay, like what's this? I think that's one of the most important questions. Like what's it worth to me? Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, when it comes to anything, it's like, what is that extra time worth? What is that extra, you know, like, what is that feeling of confidence? Because that's a huge thing with social too. People are like, oh, like, I hate sending people to my social media because it's ugly or it's this or it's that. And it's like, okay, so if you have that confidence, is that going to then give you the confidence to finally do that price raise or finally take that class and dive into that, you know, luxury extension brand you've been wanting to work with, like, it all builds on itself, right?
0: Right. Well, I think that it comes back around to the limiting belief of not being yes. good enough, not people aren't going to like me, whatever, you know? And it's like, again, you can sit around and wonder all day long. Mm-hmm. like you, and, and you're just going to be in the same place. If you're listening right now and you're stuck in some place, yep. you're going to be stuck in the same place next year if you don't think about why am I stuck in this place? Yep, 100%. You know? And it's like, and I tell all my, my coaching clients, I'm like, you just have to start. One of the biggest things, especially when it's around money is mm-hmm. just sit down and look at what's going on. That, yep. That's the number one thing. Look at your bank state, like, look. And it's like, people avoid just that mm-hmm. so much. Mm-hmm. And it's usually that's the click. All mm-hmm. they have to do is look and and just aware, be aware. And it might feel a little icky at first. Yeah you know, because you've got the guilt or whatever, like, you know, but I promise you, if you just find that awareness and whatever it is that you're stuck in, and then you figure out, okay, what can I change to make this feel better? Yeah, It all just, it's like a snowball effect.
1: Yeah. And I think we also discount the effects of low-level stress. Like, and that's kind of the thing, like when it comes to like, because if there's something that you're feeling shitty about, even if you're avoiding it, it doesn't mean that it's not affecting you in any way. And this applies to the money thing a hundred percent. So you might think that by not looking, you're just not like you're, you're avoiding it. And it's, but think about how you, those feelings of like inadequacy and those feelings of like, you know, low level stress that you get from knowing that that is there. It's like in the back of your mind. And I think that applies to like, if you're not happy with where you're at in your business, if you're not happy with where you're at, you know, in any of those areas of life, like we discount, we think about the immediate discomfort, but we don't think about the, the low level stress. It's like when you have like a dull pain that you can tolerate for a while. Right. And then you avoid going to the doctor because you're like, well, like it's not, in, you know, it's inconvenient or whatever, like the dentist. And then you get like an actual acute pain and you're like, shit, can't put this off any longer. All of those things are the same. Like people will do a lot more to avoid pain than they will do to, um, you know, reap a benefit. So I think it's, it's all about your mindset. It's all about letting go of fear and those limiting beliefs and just, you know, realizing that you can have everything you want, but you're going to have to change some things. Like change is necessary if you're not happy with where you are.
0: (laughs) Nothing changes if nothing changes. I use that a lot because it's so true. And I think too, people think that every decision they make is final. Yes. You know, so like, for example, me hiring you, if I was like a month later and I'm like, well, okay, like it's not really working. Like I don't have to hire you anymore. Like, it's not like, final, like you've made one decision now you have to stick with it for the rest of your life. I mean, I stopped doing hair yeah. for 10 months. I didn't know if I was going to come back,
1: yeah.
0: you know, I stopped and I was like, that's it. I'm done. I'm never going to do hair again. I changed my fucking mind and I'm back <laughs> one day a week and I love it. Like, yeah. <laughs> but again, it kind of comes back to what are people going to think? Yep. Yeah, you exactly. know, and even in that situation with the hair thing, I went through a couple of weeks where I'm like, people are going to think that I failed as a coach because I went back behind the chair. Yes. You know, um, and yeah. but it's something I had to work through and realize that nobody's fucking thinking that. And if they are, yeah. I don't give a shit. They're not my people. Yes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and so it's just this constant battle of um, what do you want yeah. for your life? Mm-hmm. What can you do to get there? Exactly. You know? And if it's something that doesn't bring you joy, you don't have
1: to struggle. No, exactly. And you don't have to do everything yourself in order to be successful. Right. Like, I think that's one of the main things is like, there are people like you're, for instance, when we have chatted about like, you're like, Oh, like I hate doing this thing. And to me, I'm not like taking something off your plate that I don't love. Like to me, those parts, helping people with those parts of their business is what brings me joy. Right. So like, I'm not doing this because I'm like, Oh, I'm taking a shitty job off your hands. It's like, no, to me, it's not a shitty job to me. That's like what I live for is creating this, you know, marketing assets and all of these things. So, you know, thinking of it that way too, it's like, not like you're just like giving it off to someone to like slog through it instead. It's like, no, you're giving someone a project that is their zone of genius. So they'll probably do a better job than you. Right. And that's the thing to think of. Like my assistant, she is amazing with like analytical stuff and like organization and stuff. And so I'm like, Oh, like organizing our Asana board. That's not creative. That's not fun. And I hand off the project to her and she's in her, and she's in her element. Right. So it's just an energetic thing as well. I think it's like people who are in, in enjoying something are, a lot more likely to have great energy around it and bring you something that you love and that other people will love.
0: Yeah. I mean, it comes in, it's like burnout, you know, it's like you're in the yeah. slot and you're exhausted and you never get like, you're probably not going to do that great of hair. You're probably not going to show up the same. It's the same. And I love that you said that because now I feel like I'm taking my stress yeah. and I'm actually turning it into your joy. Yes. See, now, that's so funny. it's like a great reframe of like, I'm like, oh, and you're like, yay. Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I think it's again, it's that like, that kind of goes back to that, you know, that old school mentality that like, if you're, you know, getting paid for something, it has to suck. Yeah, I'm like, I refuse to accept that. Like, if you think about like, you know, if you didn't have to worry, cause we get into hair and a lot of stylists who are, you know, at the level where they're thinking about outsourcing and all these things, like you love doing hair. Right. And so if your zone of genius is doing hair and you can be more creative, if you don't have to worry about all that other shit, then you are doing yourself and your business and your clients a massive favor by outsourcing the things that you don't love, because then You're not going to be weighed down. You're going to feel more creative. You're going to feel lighter and you're going to be able to focus on creating the things that you love because you've handed this off to someone else to create the things that they love. It's a beautiful like relationship. It's a beautiful exchange of energy. You know, if you think about it that way.
0: Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think, um, yeah, that's kind of cool. So that's been something I've been thinking about a lot. Um, this year is just the idea of like work has to be hard. Yes. You know, and I, I think that a lot of us hold that internally and we don't even realize it, Yep. you know, I mean, even one of my one-on-one clients, uh, we were talking about money and stuff and we were talking about like her parents and like how they kind of don't understand that she can charge so much for like a hour service or whatever, you know, whatever. Okay. And I had to reframe it. Like, you know, your parents, like, I know that my dad, like he didn't even understand the idea that somebody would pay so much for something in his mind, that's not worth it. Right. And like, you know, but, but you didn't sweat, but you didn't like build anything. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's like this whole idea that like um, things just have to be hard. Like if it's not 40 plus hours a week, you're never going to be successful.
1: Totally. And like also just reframing the idea that people pay for what they value. Right. Like, Like, the fact that there are fishing rods that cost $1,000, I'm just, like, what are you talking about? My husband is an avid fisherman, and so is my son now, and I'm just, like, and like he'll buy stuff for fishing. I was, like, that is ridiculous. Like, what a, like, waste. But I'm, like, I have to catch myself and be, like, but no, it's not a waste because it brings him joy, and he loves it, and all these things, right? So it's, like, I think it's a really... People don't pay for what they don't value, and sometimes as hairstylists, even because we know how to do it, we undervalue it. So we get all caught up because we're like, "Oh, like someone's not going to pay this for hair. I wouldn't pay that much to get my hair done." But maybe you would if you didn't know how to do it, right? Like that's the thing. It's all about what people value, and if you know it, like if people don't value a certain thing, like I would never ever try to sell my services to like it's to someone who isn't a good fit because the, the energy behind it is going to be off. It's going to feel gross and it's just not going to be good. And I don't recommend that stylists do that either. So I think like the idea of attraction is like, it's like, be a, do you want to be a farmer or a hunter? And like, there's a time for both, but I think the energy when you're, when you're attracting the right people into your life and into your business is so much more, um, who knew I was so into this energy thing, but
0: it's the only word. we literally just of. talking yes. about like not being woo-woo and now yeah. we're here like <laughs> my chakra energy. <laughs> but
1: I think of energy as like, you know, just like that, like the vibe and like the feeling that you get, right? And I think it's so important to, to consider that aspect of things because like at the end of the day, life is what you feel while you're living it, right?
0: Yes. And and life is so short. (laughs) Life is short. Like, you don't do a bunch of shit you hate. You're going to be so mad at yourself. Like, exactly. You're going to be so mad at yourself. I mean, Find joy in life, and like if that looks like hiring out, then fucking hire out. Like exactly. Yes, can it be scary? Yes, it can, but it's not a final decision. You're probably gonna fucking love it. Yeah, I, know, I do. <laughs> <laughs> like, like just, you know, just trust your gut and and know that there are options out yeah. there too. 100. You know, again, I think like you said, people don't even know it's a thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They don't. And like, I think we don't think that a lot of things are a thing like up until like salon scale could do your color orders for you. Did we think that was a thing? Like that is the coolest. Like, so there's so many things between outsourcing and technology and all these things that just make your life better, make your life easier and allow you to focus on your zone of genius. And I think the more time you can spend doing the things that make you happy and the things that make you feel creatively fulfilled, the better your life will be.
0: I love that. Yeah. I feel like we can end right there. Oh, really? <laughs> so I have started since you were last one, I have started to ask everyone the same question at the end of the podcast. Um, so here's your question. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> what quote unquote failure are you the most thankful for? Um.
1: Oh my goodness. That's such a good question. Shutting down my business, shutting down my behind the chair business for sure. It felt like such a heavy decision. Um, and you know, I think some people could view it as a failure for sure, because like, you know, stepping away from something that was established, but I think had it not been for, for that quote unquote failure, I don't think I ever would have found the fulfillment internally and business life, everything that, um, that I have now. So I think that's gotta be it. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Jody, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This was amazing.
0: As anytime. Always. You know, you're welcome anytime. I, I'm to the point now where like all my guests, I'm like, just come whenever like, yeah. book, your, book your next one. I don't care. I'm like, let's totally. chat. I love it. Um, where can everybody find you? So you can find me on Instagram
1: predominantly um, at it's Jody Brown um, or on my website, www www.jodybrown.ca because I'm up in Canada. Um, And I also have a podcast. It's called Hairstylist Rising. I have amazing guests like Misty. And, um, you know, we talk about everything, business, marketing, finance, like all of the things. So if you're wanting to dive into marketing specifically, that is the predominant theme on my podcast. And And the Instagram
0: for the podcast is
1: is hairstylist rising.
0: Hairstylist rising. I always type in the hair and I'm like, damn it, where is it? (laughs) (laughs) I know. I'm like, I feel like I need to have like 85 of them just so it's like
1: (laughs) (laughs) the right place. Awesome.
0: Jodi, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Bye. Once again, thank you so much for listening to Backroom Beauty Talks. If you like what you hear, screenshot this episode, post it on the gram, tag me at Misty Jane or tag the podcast at Backroom Beauty Talks and I will talk with you on the next one.